Guys, here's episode number seven of the weekly roundup, catching up on the headlines, results, and rankings from the professional and college squash game. Covered this week, we talk about Mr. Saul takes to the podcast airwaves on the In Squash podcast to share his thoughts on the recent comments going around. We close out the swing in Asia with the last of the PSA events, but the bulk of the show is talking about something that is 10 years in the making with the women's Team USA making history seated number two at the World Team Championships. It's a big deal. And if you want to reach out to us here at Squash Radio, send an email to squashradio at gmail. That's squashradio at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening. What about this? This call is being recorded. Fans, we are back for another edition of the Weekly Roundup, catching up with the weekly headlines, results from the professional tour and college squash. But today is slightly different, and we'll get into that. But first, my co-host is here, Bill Buckingham. Hey, Connor. Saturday afternoon, uh, since the squash world is in a little different uh, time period right now with the CSA really in a a big lull. I think I saw maybe four or five matches going on this weekend, and the... uh, the pro squash event in Hong Kong finished up this morning, and the women's world's team started today. So we figured it was a good idea to record on Saturday and get this out for the weekend, and uh, then we could kind of uh, skate into our Christmas break. Yeah, absolutely. First, I also have to comment on, you're sounding great, Bill. Connor, the microphone, we, we may have finally solved the microphone, uh, the travails of the microphone. So uh, obviously, when we first started doing the TBD episodes what, a couple years ago, I bought Again, we talk about this on the last podcast, how cheap I am. I went out and bought like the cheapest microphone I could find at like Best Buy or Target or one of those. And it was like a $29 microphone. And for two years, it did the job, right? It wasn't it did the job. It, it was solid. I was impressed. Yeah. It, you know, it was really small mm-hmm. and it showed that the size. Size doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. But then it started to, according to our, one of our one of our main fans, Carl from Massachusetts, he was he was annoyed by the popping sound whenever I would say P. Right. He said it, I would pop. And it was bothering the poor, sensitive Carl's ears. So we, we don't want that to happen. So, <laughs> Do we need to talk about, I mentioned it a few times before, and then one customer feedback from you and you jump? Well, the difference being is that you complain about sound regardless. There was at one point that I was actually faking like sounds and just so you would say it was good or bad and it was exactly the same. So your credibility on sound was not there until we heard from sensitive ears Carl from Massachusetts who um who who says like fireworks with a dog? He said it was just making him very uncomfortable uh, to listen to us. Yeah. So we don't want that. Well, um, but I don't know if that's entirely true. And I think I have an ear for this. <laughs> no, go, go. I've been told a lot. I have the I have the face for radio. You do have so. the face for radio. So I did go to last week before last week's episode, and there's there's a really high end electronic store in my area called Walmart. And I went to Walmart and also went to the discount aisle in Walmart and found a, a microphone that looked great, but for fourteen ninety nine. And I said, you know, what could go wrong, right? And at last week's recording, we, we found out what could go wrong. Yeah, it was brutal. So, it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. <laughs> Probably as far as information, our most informative podcast. But I, I could I, see I would agree. a lot of people just flipped, turned it off because they couldn't want, didn't want to hear me. They were longing for the days of me popping. <laughs> I was like, where's the other mic? Where's the pop? So today, this yeah. morning, I got up bright and early after watching um, the Hong Kong tournament and went to Best Buy. Fought the throngs of uh, Christmas shoppers and went to Best Buy. And Did you buy it ahead of time or did you? No, no, I went. I, you know, no, you know, you I might, just went yeah. to see what they had there and um, put it this way. Did I gag and choke a little bit when I spent the money at the register? Yes, I did. But, but uh, from what you're saying is my sound is solid right now. 
your sound is very solid. Okay. I'm, t- I'm so, telling so, you. Now, so money well there spent. are times that from what we re- or I hear immediately versus then download, upload, put in the system, it can change, yeah. Okay. So we'll see if spending the money was worthwhile. Uh, flashback to my complaining last week about all the money I spent on my new boots. My new boots came on Did they Tuesday. Come? Oh my God, Connor, they are so fresh. Really? Oh, they're ridiculous. They're like I've got I've gotten so many compliments on. Mostly me. Lo- I'm in. Mostly me looking in the mirror saying, "Bill, those boots are fresh. Bill, those, are good. those are fresh." I'm in the market for. Uh, uh, I don't have my boots with me, so are they good? Uh, you like? Uh, they're better than good, right. Connor. I tried. I literally. I got them. I tried them on with every pair of pants that I wear. Really? Oh yeah. And they're, and they're snow boots, right? They're, they're, well, they're snow boots. They're North Face. They're 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 quasi hiking insulated water resistant boots. Um, high high tops. Uh, little greenish looking. Um, I I can't. You'd have to see them to can, understand the fresh value. Can you quickly get them and show them to me, or is this? Uh, they're downstairs. Downstairs, downstairs. from my high end podcast studio here. So okay. um, I, I I will show you we, after the show because since it is a podcast, nobody's going to be able to see them. So. Well, we, we, we are video recording this, and it will be released at some point in the future. But uh, okay. maybe maybe you, shoot me a picture. Do you, want, do you want to pause, and I'll run downstairs? It'll take like five seconds just for your live reaction. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So just you know, right. take take a breather. All right. Let's see. It. All right. I'm back. So let's see if you can appreciate how nice. Okay. All right. I'm digging the color. Wow. And the contrast with the, the – okay. Okay. So these are water-resistant? Water-resistant. Um the North Face. Or waterproof. No, they're water resistant. They're not waterproof. The difference being okay. when I was in the shoe game back in the day when I was in college, when I worked at a shoe store, uh, water resistant means that if you're walking through snow or rain, your feet aren't going to get wet. Waterproof means you could actually step in a huge puddle and sit it yeah. and stay in that puddle and your feet won't get wet. Yeah. That's what right. we were told to tell people anyway. I'm not sure if that's actually true. I think it's true. It is true because <laughs> I've, I've made the mistake. So I, I think I might be, but I definitely fresh. Definitely fresh. And should we put a plug in and maybe to get a sponsor out of this? Or? Ooh, hey, North Face, if you're listening, if you come sponsor our podcast, I won't bitch about the fact that I had to pay $25 for overnight shipping when I got them in five days. So there you go. Yes. Yeah, so either way, Yikes. not sure what. <laughs> so microphone, okay. I understand from spending that extra money, I am extremely happy with my boots. So hopefully that same case will be Translates. with the microphone. Yeah. So sure. all right. So um, news of the day of the weekend squash. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> news or headline? Headline, just headline. There's no, there headline. was no real news in squash. It was a pretty no quiet squash week with the lead up to the women's worlds. Uh, Mustafa Asal again. I have to give a shout out to our boy Barry Gibbs. He's a big fan of our podcast, and obviously we're big fans of his podcast in squash. Uh, if you don't, if you have a chance, um, download it. I think he's embracing the the nickname. Oh, the he, oh, he loves he loves being called Barry Gibbs. He, he may actually refer to himself as Barry Gibbs occasionally in the uh, in the podcast. But if you have a chance, download his interview last week with uh, Mustafa Saul. 45 minutes of riveting podcast. Like, really, really good. Mustafa Saul, he speaks English better than I speak Arabic, that's for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he sometimes has trouble getting his phrases across to say what he means when he see him in interviews. And here he was really good. The two main takeaways were that... He completely crushed Robbo and, and Rod Martin in his podcast, just completely crushed them. Basically said they're retired, aging, uh, out-of-touch squash guys who are trying to get some internet shine by ripping into him. And they're using his his stardom as a way to keep themselves relevant in the news and, and uh, on podcasts and on social media. And claims that Rod and Rob have never 
talk to him personally, and he that's what he takes offense at. He said, look, if you have an issue with me, come talk to me about it. And he says neither one of them has. And as a 20-year-old kid, he's got a good point there. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna say something to someone over the air, and you're, you're always there at the U.S. Open together. I'm sure they saw each other. If you have issues with someone, go up and talk to him and, and suss it out, if you will. And uh, Mustafa took umbrage at the fact that they it took shots at him without speaking to him personally. And then he also threw Joey Barrington under the bus. Um, oh, really? oh, yeah. He threw Joey Barrington under the bus and then backed up and then went forward again on Joey Barrington, <laughs> but couched it by saying he understands how important Joey Barrington is to the game of squash and how important squash TV is. And that the fact that when Joey Barrington is on the mic, that that event is raised to a new level. He, he definitely mm. understands that. But he thinks that Joey, and I think he was maybe throwing this out to the rest of the people on squash TV who commentate on his matches, that they should have all the information when it comes to calls before they blatantly say that this call's wrong, this call's right, making Mustafa Saul specifically the Diego Elias call, the infamous Diego Elias call. He thinks that Joey jumped to conclusions on that call without seeing all the angles, and it made it seem like Mustafa Saul was cheating by walking off the court with the point. And he was he was unhappy with Joey for not reviewing all the angles before he jumped to that conclusion. But that being said, Joey's <laughs> Joey's watching it live. It's not like Joey has the uh, the pleasure to. That's Joey's job is to uh, is is to make a call from what he sees. You know, for me, I think Mustafa and I've said this on other previously. It's like I really do think he is sort of the assault effect will, over the next ten years could be a real thing. I really enjoy watching him play. But his antics, uh, I think he needs to clean it up. And I think he, even now, he's going to have a legacy issue of he has basically not played with the highest level of sportsmanship or, or, and gamesmanship, and it's going to haunt him. It's, it's, so even when he does clean it up, you're still going to have a, a, a legacy there. So he, you have to go to be become a saint at this point, and you can't do anything like that. So And I, and I don't know if I agree. Like People can voice their opinions about something and not have to go talk to him directly. You know, then if they want to talk to each other directly, like these are public interviews. Like if you have something like, oh, I heard what you said. Like, let's talk about it. Oh, oh so. ag- ag- agreed. And, uh, and and Barry Gibbs gives a pla- gave a platform to both of them. So I think it's totally fair. Right. Rod Martin and Rob Owen want to um, slam Mustafa Saul. That's what podcasts are for. It makes the sport right. interesting. But that conversely, if a Saul wants to go on a podcast and slam them, he's he has his right to do so also. I mean, that's just that's just the, yeah, the way exa- of the world. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we should hold, host a forum, but... Uh, <laughs> exactly. So um, that was pretty much it. Do a little couples therapy, you know? <laughs> exactly. Okay, um, Rod, what would you like to say now? So there was an event in Hong Kong, a bronze-level event, I believe it was, in Hong Kong, did uh, follow up mm-hmm. the platinum, and um, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm assuming they played in it because they were in Hong Kong already, so it was just convenient, but Marwan El-Sharbagi and um, Mazen Hesham uh, were the one and two seeds, and, th- and they somewhat cruised to the uh, to the to the finals. I know um, Mohammed had a rugged match with Solomon in in the semis, but uh, and those two are always going to have a rugged match together because they are both very volatile on court. But either way, I I didn't watch a lot of this tournament. It was live streamed, but I did watch the final this morning. Very good squash played. Um, just way too many stops and starts. Way too much complaining. And based on what we just talked about uh, with us all, I mean. Marwan El Shrabagi is no better when it comes to the blocking and to the intimidating the refs and just being a poor sport than than Asal is. If not, if anything, he's worse because he's he's a lot older, so he's you, you can't blame it on his immaturity or on his lack of experience. He basically bullied the referee in into winning that match and c- complained about calls that were so obvious that they were correct, 
but just complained about him just to put that enough doubt into the referee's mind that when there were calls that could have went either way, they all went against Maz and Hesham. I mean, th- this is why I also, I, I mean, I'm much more fan of um, zero tolerance policy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you operate from that perspective, then you can't even get that level of intimidation because I think it is a real thing of like, as soon as you uh, allow that seed of doubt to plant in a referee's mind, like, oh, I'm going to make the call, but then I'm going to hear this. And yeah, it's, it's it, not the, good. the and referee I, was in over his head, uh, you could tell also. But as far as like the blocking and movement, the dodgy movement, I mean, Asal has nothing on Shrivaki when it comes to that. It, it, it was so blatant and uh, disappointing. I, I'm not, I'm, I am, to so, uh, be clear, I am not a fan of Marwan El Shrivaki. I think he's, I don't think he's good for our sport. I think what he does on court, especially in the, what he did in the Platinum Tournament, in the semifinal in Chicago was abysmal and he should have been disciplined and suspended in my opinion for it uh, in his match but I was looking forward to the match this morning they're both really good players I like watching Mazen has Hashem play especially I think when he's healthy he's as good as anyone mm-hmm. but yeah I think Sherbagi ruined that match for me this morning and people don't call him out enough on his behavior as they should people kind of lionize him because he's I think because he's um you know who his brother is they they kind of give him a pass which is totally unfair he, he is just as bad if not worse than a saw when it comes to behavior and movement on court in my opinion if you look at soccer with the flopping, right, you get the ones that are culprits and do it all the time and get known for it, and then there's it's still pervasive. Right, so, right. Either way, um, he won, though. Marwan won 11-8, 5-11, 11-9, 11-8. Uh, very tight match when when they were playing free-flowing squash and not when Hesham wasn't flinging his racket across the court or when Marwan wasn't uh, asking for a stroke when actually the stroke was on him. It was good free-flowing squash, but for the five minutes of the, of the 45 minutes. Uh, but there are some humor to this. So the best part about this, and if some, if you could go back and watch this, and someone who maybe is part of um part of that tournament, maybe could could maybe tweet at us uh, uh, at Squash Radio. The opening of the final, like so, they had you know how like the finals come of platinum events. Sometimes they have like a band on court, like to present the colors of the country and sing the national anthem of the country. Whatever, a little opening pomp and circumstance uh, befitting the occasion. So. <laughs> They had in Hong Kong, and maybe I just don't know my uh, my history. Maybe there is some kind of history behind this. They had a full bagpipe, Scottish bagpipe band in Hong Kong, march on to court and play before the event started. I don't know if there's a Scottish history in Hong Kong. Maybe, maybe it has something to do with um, the Commonwealth and the you know the Commonwealth owning Hong Kong at one point, like having jurisdiction over Hong Kong along with Scotland and all that. Very possible. But it was very funny seeing a bunch of guys from Hong Kong in kilts marching on court. But the best part was that they wouldn't stop. So, Connor, these people marched on court, and they would they kept playing. I think maybe they were designed to play maybe one song, I guess, if that's what bagpipers do is play songs. Right. <laughs> they kept playing. <laughs> and then they marched off court but kept playing in front of the court so much that they couldn't introduce the players. And I'm guessing that at some point, Marwan and uh, Mazin decided, hey, we're warmed up, we're ready to go. And you just got to see the video of Marwan like busting through the front door of the court through the bagpiping kilted band. No it was, way. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Absolutely. So there was no announcement of players on court or anything. It's basically bagpipers playing and then like Marwan putting his head down and barging through the front door just to get through. And, and then the guys, the bagpipers look at each other and go, oh, I guess it's time for us to quit. <laughs> so, it's like, we really should have talked about a signal here. Yeah, um, there, there might have been, there may have been, should have been a meeting, maybe a walkthrough of the, uh, of the, of the closing ceremonies. But that's pretty um, funny. I always enjoy watching the closing ceremonies of some of these events because some are so well choreographed and then some are just, uh, for lack of a so better So this word, is in the finals? Shows. This was the finals, yeah. 
Yeah, so the yeah, presentation right. ceremony was always funny when you come to this kind of stuff. When you could tell they haven't, they probably didn't think about it until like a game point of the uh, match point of the of the uh, fourth game said, "Oh, by the way, that's right, we have a presentation. What should we do?" <laughs> it kind of had that. It's a whole other body vibe of, to it. You, you and I know this from doing U.S. Open. It's like a whole other body of work to do special presentations, and it's um, you know, when we do like the the color guard coming out mm-hmm. to do national anthem. Mm-hmm. Man, that was like three days of coordination just for like like three minutes right yes yes it's it's all you could always tell by watching squash tv what's been rehearsed and what's not and uh, usually there's a lot of milling around and then you see some uh, like a poor person who's probably done all the work that week like scrambling running around the court trying to find people to like get get them on court so it was it was pretty funny watch it if you have a chance um i might be (laughs) overblowing it but the whole hong kong bagpipe section just uh just killed me so um, but the main event this week going on right now is the 2022 uh, Women's World Team Championships, Connor, in Egypt. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, on the event as a whole and uh, the 2022 uh, Women's World Championships taking place? Well, I, I'm, you know, a huge fan of team squash. Uh, that was my first introduction of playing squash was in a team environment in high school and then in college. And it was a little bit weirder when I started doing individual competitions. And so this is also a culmination of, I think, playing for your country. All athletes just think this is one of the pinnacle events uh, and whenever you do. So these events, and I've traveled with uh, Team USA to these events, and I, I, I tur- like my brain goes different. Like I'm like, the intensity ratches it up to like a 12 or 13. Uh, so I get excited anytime Team USA uh, gets on court. And this is a historic moment for Team USA, seated number two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- that is a huge milestone achievement. Um, you know, I I think this is just the a lot of hard work coming together because this was the team almost ten years ago uh, at the junior levels. But uh, as you and I have seen, that however much people care so much about the junior squash team, but no one else does, and. So it really does need to get to the adult teams. And um, so to have on this world stage is amazing. But we should go uh, give the, the seedings a little bit. So Egypt at number one, USA at number two, England number three, and France at number four. Malaysia, the 5-6 seed. Hong Kong, China, 5-6 seed. Scotland and Canada, 7-8 seed. Mm. So, Yeah, so wh- when we when we say that, so Egypt and the United States are so far and above <laughs> so much better than any of these other teams. There's really, well, in the end, there's really Egypt far and away the best team. And yeah. the United States, definitely the second best team there um, and far and away the second best team there. And then it really falls off from there. I mean, Eng- England England had a decent squad until Georgina Kennedy got hurt. Yeah, I mean, Sarah- that, that was actually that. When you England always does a great job of showing up for performances. Mm-hmm. That's something you can never underestimate, and that would have been a really tough match for our team. But without Jordina in there, it it, it just it doesn't. The matchups are too powerful on our side. Yeah, and, and also with with Sarah Jane Perry um, really coming to the, I don't know if it's the end of her career, but she's definitely not playing. Her 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 eighth ranking in the world is 
not quite accurate anymore. She gets beat quite handily by people that she was mopping the floor with just a year ago. So she's not at the sure. top of her game, and she's playing number one for them with Jasmine Hunt and playing number two. So number eight and number twenty-two in the world. So seeding-wise, yes, they deserve to be number three. But I think I think it would be a huge disappointment if the United States doesn't finish at least second in this event. Yeah, you know, one team. I'm not. Sh- they must not have funding, but Belgium is not participating i was gonna bring that up uh and i hate to bring up because it is a great event and i am i am the united states has such a strong team and i would really 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 looking forward to see them basically march through this and and meet egypt in the finals and and hopefully give a good showing against a just a ridiculous juggernaut egypt team but yeah it's the people who aren't playing it's almost more glaring than the people are playing um so we don't have belgium which right now i would say if belgium fielded a team based on current level of play they'd be the three seed right yeah that, um you do have to factor in the three and the four i guess yeah so that right? would be that would yeah that would hurt it. so but it would still be definitely there's a potential it could be in the top four but definitely five six yeah at that point i mean nayla and tanay are are what 10 and are they 10 and 12 in the world 11. or something like that or yeah. nine and 11 in the world i mean that's that's pretty strong and all you need to do is win two matches so they mm-hmm. would be favored against every team i think except for the United States and Egypt right now, if, if like current yeah. current form held, right? A hundred percent. So yeah. missing them is a big deal. And curious why they don't play. They played in the um in the European team championships. So it could be obviously funding, mm-hmm. I guess, would be the issue. I don't can't see any other reason why they wouldn't play. Yeah. W- wondering if like the, maybe talk, is, is there a discretionary fund then for something like that that the WSF could waive their fees and help with them travel? Because no. it's pretty important for no. them, a team like that, especially with the women's event not being as deep as we and- would want it to be to have what basically is the third strongest team in the world not there unfortunately wsf is so rigid and stringent that um there's no flexibility on their end when i was helping to run the men's world team championships i wanted to get a full 32 draw and get a which had never really been achieved before especially here in the united states when we have so many expats living i was like hey we could field a uh so many teams whether it's a zimbabwe team or a guyana team or uh nigeria and they were uh, sticklers so it really does fall under the WSF only speaks to the the federations and then the federations sometimes don't want to don't pull their act together to support it I I guess um I mean I I can't comment on the WSF at this point I mean just trying to follow their website for this event has been a nightmare yesterday I was looking at the pools yesterday morning and they couldn't even get the pool play correct and there's this lack of information on their website about this it's a world team championships it it was it was pretty abysmal so I I don't want to get I don't want to get into any of the failings or any of the uh, (laughs) was there any other teams that you that jumped out to you that aren't here well more more that more that the players who aren't there so so there's no new zealand so no joel king right india uh, no india India, well india just had their 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 championships which uh they scheduled right up against this because i just saw that uh chinapa just won again they won the india championships so i'm wondering if that was purposeful or not but so no india um no joel king who is arguably one of the you know hottest players on the psa tour right now obviously new zealand doesn't have a strong contingent after her but the gillis sisters are not playing gina kennedy's not playing because of injury but the other one that I, i'm kind of confused about is wales why is tesney evans not playing mm. she i i actually messaged her this morning Injured? to ask her i don't know she played she played um she played hong kong right um she's been playing she's been playing leading up to this so I didn't I, I I don't see where she got injured. I mean, maybe there's something mm-hmm. personal. I did me, I did message her this morning and just asked her, but obviously she doesn't uh, realize the importance of this. Know your number? Well, I mean, hey, hey, Tesney, come on, seriously. I, you know, somebody message you, message you back. That's all I'm saying. It can be um, 
players don't get paid for this and um but they don't pay for it either though right i mean their their federation sends them so it's true so they wouldn't be paying for the travel i mean only 10 of the top 20 women players in the world are playing in this so that's to me that's not great so uh maybe what's not happening should we talk about what is yeah no i hate to to be negative but it's it's just so one side so i actually i looked this up and just out of curiosity and let me know what you think so so if we talk about juggernauts right i mean egypt's team is incredible that obviously go uh, everybody knows gohar number one player in the world plays number one for them sherbini number two player in the world plays number two for them hamami the number three player in the world plays number three for them and i think i i think that um tayeb is she's six right now so tayeb number six is playing number four for them so arguably tayeb arguably um based on head-to-heads and the only person that maybe would be able to refute this is amanda sobi arguably Tayeb, their number four player, would play number one for every other one of these teams in this competition. Correct? Mm-hmm. I would say so, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that it's just a juggernaut. I just don't see—I'm uh, looking at their competition in, in their pool. They played Switzerland today, and they Switzerland's top player uh, was the 48th-ranked player in the world, and their number two player was the 68th player in the world. And in their pool, they also have Wales with no Tesney Evans, who basically are being led by Emily Whitlock at number 21 in the world. Emily's a fine player, but obviously not not at the top of her game by any way, shape, or form. Their number two player is 151st in the world. So, I mean, Canada is probably the strongest team in that. And they have Holly Naughton at at number 17 and Nicole Bunyan at number 50. But, you know, Egypt's basically going to sleepwalk through this. It's just to keep their interest. I mean, it puts it in the realm of the one of the most dominant teams ever in history, you know. The, and the, and Egypt has been in this position several times. I mean, I remember on the men's side that it was basically four world number ones, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> like they literally had all been world number one. Well, well, look players. at look at the rankings right now. I mean, are, this would be this would be Egypt's. So if Egypt, none of those four players could play. Say like they all got the chicken pox or something like that. None of them could play. Egypt's team then would be, based on ranking, Rowan El Arabi would be number one, Selma Hani two, Farida Mohammed three, and Nada Abbas four. So that team would be the third-seeded team in the tournament, based on ranking. And that's roughly number seven in the world, number seven, uh, 14. Uh, yeah. Seven, 16, four, and 17. Yes, exactly. And that, that's, yeah. I mean, that's just inc- so incredible. So all top 20 players. All top, all tw- top, 20. All top 20 players. So it's yeah. just, it's unfortunate. It, it kind of shines the light on the lack of, lack of uh, overall depth of the women's tour. I mean, at the top of the top tiers of the women's tour, it's awesome. I, I, lo- I enjoy watching women's squash way more than I watch enjoy watching men's squash. There's, it's not even close if I had a choice of going to see Noran Gohar play or um, Farag or any of the top players, Sherbini or Cole. I, I would 100% go watch a match between two top women players. But once you get off, once it drops off so much, once you get to this, and this this team championship is, is basically a, just a glaring example of that. It happens on the men's side too, by the way. No, I know. Un- understood. Yeah, but I don't so I don't think as, as much. I still think that like the top men players, even playing against like a 25th or 30th ranked men mayor player in the world, still over a period of time, if they're going to play matches day after day in a team format, are still going to have to grind it. Where I, I have a feeling like it's going to be on the Egypt side, like who do we rest today because we, or, course, or who, yeah. who wants to play because you're just going to go out there and roll the ball and win in 10 minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to also quickly give a little bit of a, uh, if anyone who hasn't 
watch this because this also only happens every two years. Um, so I don't want to underestimate the, the knowledge here. But unlike a regular PSA tournament, which is totally knockout, this is, it's, you play until you place. So all 16 teams here, you're going to find out exactly the rank order. So it's, it's kind of exciting. Um, and when you're, when you're there and you're playing on the last day, there, it's, there's a lot of excitement in the air because you're trying to maybe get your best finish or, but it's so many matches <laughs> for the players. You are playing every day back to back to back. So it's a lot of matches. No, understood. And when it comes down, when it gets down to it, after the top tier teams, obviously fighting for the bronze, uh, you know, the gold, the silver, and the bronze, the uh, the, the other matches will turn out to be slugfest based on based on the matchups. But I mean, in the end, am, am I going to turn on Squash TV to watch Switzerland play uh, play Germany? Probably not, right? Well, Bill, what if you're from Switzerland and you're from Germany? I, I have a feeling that nobody from Switzerland or Germany is going to tune in and watch it either, unless they're related to the players. <laughs> I have a feeling. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the Germany team. I don't even know who they are. Their their number two player is not ranked in the world. Okay. So, um, and their number one player is 64th in the world. So I won't watch it. But yes, they'll fight it out, and they'll probably. It's it's a great experience for them. That's great. My hope is that the United States gets through pool play, which they should. Uh, in their pool, they have Australia, and they actually, as the time of this recording, I think they just beat Australia three games to love. They were definitely up two love, and uh, I think Olivia Fichter was on court uh, playing playing the third match. So they, they rolled through Australia. They're, I mean, honestly, I think we could probably throw out our second team and beat Germany based on uh, the rankings that I'm looking at. And then they'll play Scotland uh, also in their pool, which has Lisa Aiken, who's 28 and all, very feisty, and Georgia Adderley, who I really enjoy watching playing. But in the end, like Amanda, Sabrina, Olivia, and Olivia should have no problem going undefeated in that pool and coming out of that pool, uh, obviously, um, seated number two. You you know more about this than I do. So they're seated number two going into pool play. Does that automatically mean that they're seated number two coming out of pool play? I do believe the one, two are the ones that get, um, they go into the proper slots in the draw. So opposite sides, the three, fours are randomized and that kind of stuff. So there is sometimes gamesmanship where, um, you could win your pool play. You kind of do the math in the draw and you're like, Hey, if we actually come in second, we're going to get a more favorable placement. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that I... <laughs> in this draw, I'm not seeing that, but right. Um, right. No, it's more, it would be more for lower ranked teams that are trying to make that calculus. Got it. Got yeah, it. USA is like, we're going to win it, get the number two seed. Right. Right. And then, uh, I guess if it's uh, according to seed, so the U S would then play England in the semis that gets randomized. Oh, three, four so... gets randomized. Oh, well, okay. Okay. So they could, they might not play them, but either way, uh, they, they should, I mean, a, a disappointment, right? If the U S didn't make the final. Would you say that? I think so. I um, come on, Connor, take a stand. Although, would you? yeah, I th- I, sh- sure. I mean, yes, it'd be disappointing to me. I mean, you're seated number two. Um, this is what we've been working for for many, many years. So the other side is if they at least get to the semis, that's the most, that's the highest the U.S. has ever gotten. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I understand that, but to me, it would be an epic, epically disappointing if they don't make it to the finals. If they get to the finals and get, and even if the Egypt wipes the floor with them. I think I still think it will be a successful tournament and um, and show that the U.S. women and this is kind of a uh, um, back like you talked about the juniors. These this is that junior team, that junior yeah. squad that always finished second to Egypt in the juniors and now is uh, you know uh, you know on the uh, on the senior platform achieving that same record. So let's say they do get to the finals. It's not inconceivable that it's a one-one, 
right? The, one of the players is able to have a great day and win a match, and then the other person loses. Yeah. That no, it comes no, down to the no, third not match inconceivable on. at all. And then you never know. You never. Hey, I, I, that is the know. that is the best scenario. I mean, when it, when these guys when these guys were juniors and they played exactly what happened. 2011. They played. Uh, Amanda played number one and uh, beat Tayeb, who was the uh, the junior world champion at the time. Beat Tayeb in, in the first match. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Sabrina and Olivia Klein lost at the other two positions, so we lost two to one. But we had the chance, right? It came down to Sabrina was playing number three and was uh, playing for the world championship. So if that was the right. case, if Amanda is somehow able to 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 win, or I, I think honestly the, the best opportunity may be um, with the fixture. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking. I mean, Sabrina beat Hamami at the u.s open oh right 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 sorry sorry that's yeah so if, if hamami's right. playing number three and i assume uh unless someone gets injured that they will play the final will be um will be gohar sherbini and hamami which when you think about it, it's just ridiculous but depending on the order of play we could come down to have uh, it would be awesome to have amanda facing gohar for the world championship tied 1-1 yeah. that would be the best case scenario and you know win lose win or lose there that's a successful championship and i think that would be just incredible and it also would be great for the great for the the event right because i think the last yeah. thing we want is the egypt just to steamroll obviously they're going to steamroll everyone in their pool and right. they're probably going to steamroll everyone leading up to the final so to have them at least have the u.s give them a battle would be great for the event i totally think. agree so, so but gun to your head connor who, who are you betting on if you had a, if, if, if you did i know we don't gamble on squash because you know we're a little too close to it so we're not supposed to I, but if you had to gamble uh, on squash yeah well i'm i'm, t- I'm still going team usa <laughs> <laughs> do you want to bet? You want to bet, you bet me? <laughs> <laughs> well, just because uh, I want to support it. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Bet. Bet, I'm gonna go bet, bet with your with your head, Connor, not your heart. So right now, I'm I'm curious. I'll have to go on online, and I probably should have done this beforehand. I'm wondering how much money you would have to bet to win. So if you bet a hundred dollars on Egypt, how much money you would win? I think you, like a dollar, like a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 but if you bet a hundred bucks on USA, how much did you win? <laughs> that, that'd be a million. Yeah. That, so that'd be, that almost be worth it. Like placing one of those future bets. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, what? I'll go USA. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll go. You've even done this. You're like, I'm going this. You, you because know what? If I'm L- right. Let's call Rob Owen. He's like the, the chief gambler in squash, right? Or chief gambler of, of the squash. Chief gambling officer. Let's, let's yeah. message him. He's, is, is he taking your messages anymore? He's not taking mine anymore. I haven't. You haven't tried to message him? No. Okay. All right. No. Okay. But it, well, just, yeah. All right. Well, we look forward to it. I'm going to be following this closely and getting up. Should we do mid, uh, midweek? Um, pre- uh, midweek. You know what we can do? We can do a preview of the finals. So, because um, there is n- not really, there won't be any squash tournaments leading up to that and no CSA events leading up to that. So for next week, we'll do a, a, a finals preview. Let's, let's do it. Let's do a wrap up. A wrap up. Do a wrap do up a wrap instead. Up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds yeah. good. All right, Connor, uh, All right. onward. Um, look forward to speaking with you next week, and then we'll probably take Christmas week off. But So we'll do a, a wrap-up uh, of the World Team Finals before we jump into the holidays. Thought, what happened to the holiday special plan that we were... <laughs> <laughs> Can we do a Christmas Day miracle? You, or we... you know what? Let's do maybe a uh, an Alan Thatcher, uh, talk about Alan Thatcher's impact on squash, like just like a, like a, like a look back. Have him on. He's, he's going he's gonna to be on with Barry Gibbs this week. Okay, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, look, let's get the circuit going. Just get the the pod circuit going. Barry Gibbs has more juice than us. He has like Mustafa Asal on. He's got Aaron, Alan Thatcher on. He's got like every big player in the PSA. We we basically sit here and talk to each other. So what's what's up with that, Bill? I mean, we can book him. We can book him. By the you yeah. want me to book him? Yeah, we can book. We we, we can't even get Joey Barrington to come on. We can get. Joey. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, all right, Connor. You have a great week. Uh, it was great talking you to too. you again, and uh, we will see you next time.
Hey, by the way, right. by the way, yeah, any feedback about how great my microphone sounds is it will be appreciated. Carl yeah, from Massachusetts. Like, since uh, since Bill apparently won't listen to my uh, my ear, um, you know, I'm just going to start creating accounts and sending feedback. <laughs> exactly. Go USA. Thanks for listening to another show on SQR Squash Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. And we have a quick ask. In an effort to help us grow, if you have a quick minute, please consider sharing an episode with a friend who might be interested or leaving a rating on any of the platforms you listen to your podcast. It would mean a lot to me and the rest of the team. Thanks so much and have a great day.